It's the biggest sports show for your Saturday morning. We've got it all covered for you right here. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, Emma Friedman and everything sport. Or tomato or a barbecue sauce? Look, I hate barbecue sauce. Like too I sweet. It's the most rank thing. Is it? This. <laughs> I'm a spicy red man. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Oh, hasn't that been big news this week? Welcome to another edition of Dead Set Legends with you every Saturday from 10 o'clock. Joey, Jay and Emma. Well, what, let's talk about Ross first off the top because we thought that job was done and dusted, Jay-Z, but apparently not. Not sure he was that happy to go through the process in the end, No, that didn't uh, age well, did it, that little comment? <laughs> it didn't didn't age well. And what about, uh, by the way, we haven't spoken about this, didn't yes. you couple get a little bit, on, get a uh, few boys had a little bit of a take the mickey out of you for a few, your articles about Rossi Lyon. I heard what the do you sound, mean? I listened to the sounding board. Oh, no, I haven't. I don't uh, listen to it. What don't is it, you? What yeah, they were taking a bit of the mickey that you were, oh, you know, they? big uh, cheerleading for Rossi and yes. you're writing all the positive Rossi what articles. I thought it was. I thought they were all great articles, to be honest. And yeah. it looked like he, well, he did have the job really in his yeah. hands if he wanted it. But you thought it was pretty funny too, though, didn't you? I did think it was funny, actually. <laughs> I did because, because we'd spoken about it, and you asked me for mine. And I was like, everybody knows what I think of Ross Lyon. <laughs> I'm not making any comments, but it was quite entertaining, actually. Yeah, I did send that to your text. I'll so did I, I. did laugh out loud. I did too. It was very funny. It was. Uh, it was very good. Hey, um, I tell you what, I prefer lockdown when it's 25 degrees and sunny. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was. So that was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, beautiful. So we're out in the backyard in our shorts, etc. Yesterday, different story. Locked up mm. back inside, couldn't go outside, torrential rain, and a bit grey today. So I prefer the sunny days. Thank goodness we can yeah, be back Melbourne. in some warmer it's weather. It's Melbourne, isn't it? It's what we get. We yeah. get a bit of everything in 24 hours. And uh, anyway, it's nice to be here. I've woken up. I've woken up probably in better spirits than poor Nadia Bartel, just seeing the front page of the paper. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to your analysis on this oh, later. That, that <laughs> might be more M's domain to delve into oh, that one. Oh, really? But, <laughs> seriously, how many times did you get sent? The, the, the video. 54. Oh, oh it's, yeah. it's ridiculous the world Still we watched it every time. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway. She, like, I'm, I'm in, like, it's not my area of expertise, but I'm interested yeah. in the phone etiquette around this sort of situation oh. because I, I wouldn't. find it all bizarre. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, that's all right. Do you pull out your phone when that sort of. Oh, we'll steer off and we'll talk about sport yeah. AM. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Actually, I just want to also, you got your second AZ, is that right? Jay-Z, yep. are you fully vaxxed now? Well done to you. Fully vaxxed. Look, even if we need seven more boots, Boosters. I'm happy with the seven more boosters, if you know what I mean. But Give me all the boosters. I feel cherry ripe. It was no dramas. The nurse was an absolute legend. She'd done 100 that day. So um, she raised, I said, raise your bat, raise your bat. Done that, done that. She was, sport never follows me everywhere, Joey. And, um, Did I take she get my, the reference? I'm guessing probably not. If, uh, if, you know, if you're a nurse or you work in healthcare or you're a teaching particular or you work in education, I just take my hat off to you, yep. Joey. Absolutely. And, and your free beers for you at the pub when we're essentially let back in. Yep. Oh, imagine well, how drunk everyone's going to be at the end of this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hey, coming Drink up on the show today, this is big news, guys. New Collingwood coach Craig McRae is going to give us a bell, which is uh, going to be excellent. Stay tuned, Pies fans, because he's going to tell us what you're in uh, store for in 2022. The Solar Heart Quiz is back. Your chance to win $200. Greg Russ with a supercars update, thanks to Bendix Brakes as well. Now, Jay-Z, this is big 
news. Tom Stewart, the Cats need him back going into a prelim. Will he be there? If, at the pointy end of every final series, guys, I sort of feel like there's a, there's that big injury stories. And Steve Johnson with his hip sort of couldn't walk around the block. Sil, Sil Rioli, whether he was going to uh, be fit enough to play in Hawthorne's, uh, one of Hawthorne's premierships. Tom Stewart is the big talking point uh, over the next two weeks. And tomorrow he will begin or try to begin running for the first time after that foot injury. Now, that Liz Frank uh, injury, which is a very serious injury. It's a sort of injury which sends shudders up the spine of every sort of doctor and football uh, medical professional. But it's quite extraordinary um, that Geelong coach Chris Scott last night said that he remains a genuine and live chance to play in the grand final if the Cats beat Melbourne on Friday in Perth. Let's take a listen to Geelong coach Chris Scott. We think he is. That's the feedback we're getting. He's ahead of schedule, which I find humorous the guys walking upstairs and that's ahead of schedule well let me be really clear we were strong and i don't get involved in the uh, minutia of the medical decision making but we need to be really clear as a club that we weren't going to put his long-term future at risk by trying to rush him back for a final so if he makes really good progress and the medical staff are clear that the risk is very very low then we're open to the possibility but He's not going to play this way. So he was considered 101, uh, Tom Stewart. He's probably the best defender in the competition or, or thereabouts. But Kat's saying they're going to try and get him to that point where he is ready. Now, Dr. Peter Larkins, who's probably one of the most uh, respected sports medical professionals uh, in the AFL, he said, Joey, that this is delusional, that this is a delusional oh, attempt really? to get yeah to get, a, um, to get a player ready for the biggest game of, of the season. Now, take us inside um, the footy bubble because this would be a doctor's decision, a medical decision. Do you think that the, the Cats coaching staff or the club administration have any sort of impact on this called, like, no. would a coach be saying, geez, we really need Tom Stewart to be ready. Can we get him fit? Can we hurry this process? Or would no, it be it, absolute a medical call? No, how, no, how no, it no it's work? not a medical call. And that would be a group, there would be a group decision between Tom Stewart, yep. the medical staff, and probably the coach on what they want to do. And they all look at the pros and cons. And as Chris Scott said, my concern with the Linz Frank is that it is an injury that if you if you do it badly enough, it can end your career, can't yeah. it? We've had players that have ended their careers with that sort of injury. So the, the chance of re-injuring it, yep. uh, that's the one that they're going to look at. And that's where the doctor will say, well, here are the odds of it re-injuring. Here's the long-term effects. Then the player, clearly the player has his own input into whether yeah. – what risk he wants to take, whether he can play through pain, the, the long-term effects of it. And then the coach has to make it uh, be involved and in whether he's prepared to pick a player that might be underdone, that might be sore, you know, that might re-injure it during a game. So it's a it's a group conversation. Um, it's surprising with Lynn's Frank because it is something you've got to be very careful of. So I'm interested in that. In terms of running, and this one's for you, Joey. So say they make the grand final in two weeks' time and he's only started running now. Is that amount of fitness going to carry you through the biggest game of the year? Well, it's only how long ago do you do it? Four, it's yep. four games he's missed. So they say he can come back in six best case scenario. I, I still think this is 100 to 1, by the way. Right. I still think this is a, a yep. long shot. But we heard Chris Scott uh, radio then, and, and, and that is going to be the story. But so they're saying best case scenario is six weeks. Oh, how could you go into the grand mm. final? taking that sort of a risk. What's the risk, though? Well, the what doing risk? it again. Yeah, I, is it re-injuring? I, is it him both. not being fit enough to perform at his best? Is it? That's, mm. I mean, I, they're I, the questions. A1 re-injuring yes. is, is it? I mean, he's the best defender that's in the, the competition. Yes, yes, that's the Such biggest an important risk. Play. B, what if he's just, you know, if it's still a bit sore or, you know, just not right taking a player? I mean, they've got to get through Melbourne first. But I just think that, um, you know, 101 
at best. But it's interesting that the Cats are still hopeful. Now to rub... They're giving him his best chance, which is what you've got to do in a grand final. You've got to give your your best player, one of your best players, a bit of a character, a bit of uh, hope to at least try. And yep. he's probably saying, I would like to try. Yep. The doctors are giving him a chance to try and the coach is not completely ruling him out. But I'm with you. It's probably very, very uh, more unlikely that he will play than likely. Do you just put him out the look for, for um, worry about the next few seasons. Look for, put him out no, the pasture. No, not when you've got potentially playing in a grand final. You you've got to give a player every chance. Ramping him up. It's the thing that it'll just be, <laughs> I think it's, it'll make us uh, nervous. Now, Brandon Parfit now yes. in, a, in, a, in another blow for the Cats. Um, and this is big, I I think I really like Brendan Parfit. Hamstring injury, going to be difficult for him to get back in here. I mean, we know hamstring's best case scenario can be a 21-day sort of uh, procedure. Brendan Parfit, and that's an, it's an ageing Cats midfield group. How important is he, Joey? He's an important player. He, he's a part, but they can compensate him. I mean, they've got Quinton Narkel. There's, you know, Higgins didn't play. They can bring in a, a Dalhouse type of player. They've got enough that can go into the midfield. You know, Mitch Duncan can play as a midfield. He's had a couple of games back now from injury. Menegola can go into the midfield. So they've got some avenues. Of course, he's a blow. He's, he's a good. He's a very good player. Um, but that shouldn't stop the Cats from from winning the prelim or winning the premiership if they're good enough. Let's flash back to last night's semi-finals weekend, and Geelong getting the job done over the Giants in Perth. Firstly, a huge effort from the Giants to get to a second final in 2021 after everything that they've had to endure this year with travel. But congratulations to Geelong, Jay-Z, making another prelim, albeit the hard way yet again. Yeah, they're going to have to, if they're going to win the flag, they're going to have to do it the long way around after the loss last week. They're under the microscope, the Cats, and I know I admire the character and the poise and the calmness because, I, you know, sometimes you get a feeling that the AFL industry, does it want the Cats to fall over here? Does everyone want to kick the boot, lay the boots into Chris Scott? And I, and I feel like... Um, they held their nerve last night, and this game was over, Joey. I mean, this wasn't name a game stuff last night, and I think there's a lot of interesting facets to it. But you're not going to go, you're not watching that at noon o'clock uh, at noon today. I must admit, <laughs> it was sort of a bit one sided, yeah. and she was a flat, a flat start to it. But I think the really big thing here last night was the impact of Asava Radagalia. So the forward line with Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins is already A grade, I think. And then they go and add Asava, and I feel like he's a real wide wild card. That that spinning mark where he ran back with the flight. I mean, he only had five touches, but what does a Sava Radagalea mean for this Geelong operation? Well, what it means, I think he he's essential for the function of the forward line. So not necessarily him being an X factor and kicking three or four goals and winning a game off his own boot, but what it allows the rest of the forwards to do. So it's interesting. This is the first time this whole season yep. where they've played Stanley and Radagalea as the ruck forwards and doing all the ruck work and Blitzarves played a full game at fullback yep. and they had their full complement of forwards. So I thought it worked really well. And the reason why is because from my perspective, Jeremy Cameron and Gary Rowan aren't key forwards. No. Jeremy Cameron plays like a half-forward flanker, yep. gets up the ground, gets out the back, creates his goals. So to have Hawkins and Radagalea as your two key forwards – it allows them to be able to do what they do. It allows Cameron to be able to be that third floater, yep. be more dangerous. Mobile. And Gary Rowan can just do his thing. And, you know, he doesn't have to be a focal point. So I thought it was it worked really well. It was the, the function. And what I like, it was the first time this year that then Blitzarves has played the full game at fullback. Yep. They've had the, the two Lord. rucks. Finally, yep. this is what I've been asking for two years. <laughs> he's an elite key defender. He's, he's the, one of the best back. key defenders in the competition. <laughs> yep. You've got a perfect combination of a ruck and a key forward that can yep. play second ruck. And you've still got your forward line structure. I thought it worked really, really well. 
And that, for me, gives them their best chance of beating Melbourne this Friday night. And he's got some unpredictability in the forward line. You think about mate, Lever and May. I always stuff that up. You've got Radagalea who can just come from the side, take that big mark, whereas Tom Hawkins, uh, yeah, a bit more, more forward. More one-on-one, yeah. isolate him, yep. More forward craft, etc. Let's have a listen to Geelong coach Chris Scott on the big man, Asaba Radagalea. Asaba, in my mind, I really rate Asaba and we're really confident in the player he can become. So there are a whole lot of things that factored into it, but I wouldn't isolate it to the way our forward line functioned last week. I'm sure it had a part to play in our decision-making, but when Sav's up and going, uh, he's hard to keep out of our team. It's a juicy matchup, Geelong versus Melbourne in the preliminary oh. final. Like, oh, I'm, I can't wait yeah. for this game already. And for me, Joey, you tell us, you're the 287 game, two-time All-Australian. It's For me, it's going to be the absolute impact and dynamic nature of the Melbourne midfield and that absolute run and burst out of the middle versus an ageing Geelong midfield, which is going to have to be a lot slower, a lot more controlled with the ball. I think the style of this game coming up it would just be absolutely contrasting and fascinating. Now, the Cats left out Higgins and Dalhouse. Yep. Right? You've been struggling a bit, yep. a bit older, etc., and gone with a more youthful, more youthful side. But can this Geelong midfield take it up to the, the Petrarchas and the Olivers at Melbourne. Well, this is why the fascinating storylines, and I think we're going to love it because it's basically Dangerfield and Sal would have been the Batman and Robin, the yep. best two one-two midfield punch for the last 10 oh, years. Like oh, well, they've been since 2016, haven't they? So yep. the last six years. Yep. Now you've got Petrarca and Oliver, the best one-two punch in the competition. Yep. Is it going to be the changing of the guard? Is it going to be handing over the baton and Dangerfield and Sal would say, you know what, we have been unbelievable but we no longer can compete with the young bulls in the competition or have the old firm just got one fight left one in them final, yep. and one just say walk. to all the young bulls in the competition and all the players at their peak, hey, hey, we are still the big dogs. <laughs> we have been for 10 years. That's going to be the storyline for me. I yep. can't wait. You know how competitive Dangerfield and Selwood are. Yep. You know what they're going to dish up. And geez, I hope Petrarca and Oliver are ready for it. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so do you think Geelong, do you think Geelong going to hold the ball frustrate or do you try and like – what will be Geelong's methodology yeah. in against that Melbourne midfield? I feel like in the past, Geelong has slow possession, chip, chip, spread them wide. Yeah. That, it's Frustrate a, Melbourne. There's a little bit of a myth with the Cats. Yes, they do play slow control ball movement, but when Geelong score, it's when they go quick, when they can flick it around by hands off stoppage or from contest win and give their forwards a chance. They get out the back a lot, Geelong. They score a lot of their goals getting out the back because when they do use their hands. So they've got two distinct methods. They have to have a combination of both. If they just play slow for the whole game, it plays into Melbourne's hands. That's what happened after half time when they played a few weeks ago. Geelong had that big lead and did what they've done too many times where they've just tried to play slow and it invited Melbourne into the game. When Geelong are at their best and when they score is when they actually do look to play up tempo at the right time. Can they, so it's going to be the challenge for Geelong to have the balance. Can they beat Melbourne? See, I don't. I can't see Geelong beating Melbourne in a high tempo game. If it's sort of a bit Chaotic yep. and surgy. Oh, I just don't. So see... that's why I just said it can't be chaotic for the whole game. Okay, if it's chaotic for the whole hundred twenty minutes, gears. They're not going to be. They're not going to be. They've got to have gears at the yep. right time. Control the ball. Yep. Set up defensively. Play the game on their terms. Yep. But at the right time for them to score, they have to play up tempo and play a bit quicker and test Melbourne's defence. Just quickly, Tom Hawkins. He was extraordinary last night. He was very very good. Yep. Like he. He is a man in rare form, and I don't know that he gets the credit for it. He's the best key forward in the game, has been for the last five years. Well, if you weren't excited about that prelim between Geelong and Melbourne, you would be now, boys. Excellent work. Hey, Saturday scoreboard with all of the action from around the world next with Greg Rust and the Supercars Update. Thanks to Bendix Brakes as well, right here on Triple M's Dead Set Legends.
Joey, Jay-Z and Emma. Joey, 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 I think you should do this to ease up on their honey crumpets, to be honest, mate. Oh. They're less honey crumpets. Oh, oh that's a bit, mate. Mirrors over here. Look at you. Your got T-shirt's his... riding up and it's all. Oh, it's been a bad week. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Rusty's Motorsport Update for Bendix. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. On the line now is our good mate Greg Rust from Rusty's Garage Podcast, which you can get for free on the Listener app. Now, Rusty, tell me about this young teenager who has landed a dream drive at Red Bull Racing in the supercars. Sounds exciting. It sure is, Em. Good morning to you and to everyone there. Uh, his name is Brock Feeney. He lives uh, on the Gold Coast, late teens, as you say. His father is a bit of a, a legend in Australian motorcycle um, circles, but this, this young kid's come through karting has really applied himself. And I think he's going to grab this opportunity with both hands and really immerse himself there. He can learn from Shane Van Gisbergen. He's taking over from the great Jamie Wincup. So they are massive shoes to fill in 2022. Huge opportunity for him, and I know he'll do well. Rusty, this is an early nomination for Give Me a Spell. The F1 Grand Prix in Belgium last weekend. What a fast that was. Two laps behind a safety car. Torrential rain. The fans hung around. What could they have done differently? You know what? Um, these are very, very tricky things to, to deal with. But they had to do something. They needed to do something better for the fans. I reckon the Australians in race control, Michael Massey and those guys, did the best they could with the current playbook. But in those moments... You've got to think outside, not them, but the, the sport in a greater sense needs to think outside the square and see if they could have come back on the Monday or something along those lines. Now, as I talk to you, the, the sports commercial rights holders and the circuit are looking at some sort of level, if they can, of refund to those fans who mm. stood around in wet conditions for hours on end. Um, and Lewis Hamilton has taken to social media and he said, you can prove that you were there and you had a, a legitimate ticket, he's going to send them something special. So even the, oh. even the world champion is so miffed about it. So, yeah. That's nice. That's not bad at all from Lewis. Jeez, it cost me a lot of sleep that night. I was a tired man. Oh, and, the, and, and the efforts from the commentators to pad, 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 oh, pad for two pad. hours. It was absolutely <laughs> extraordinary. Anyway, Rusty, Kimi Raikkonen has announced his retirement ahead of this weekend's race in the Netherlands. Does he have the record for the most Grand Prix starts in history? This sport goes back, you know, to the, the 1960s and, and even beyond, and he does. So he's got 340-plus wrapped up already. There's a few more races, as you guys know, before the end of the year, so he'll add to that tally. He went away from the sport for a little while and did some rallying and then came back. He's been a, a world champion. He's, uh, he's, his background, he's finished, right? So he, he's got this kind of dry, straight-talking style, doesn't always suffer the... Um, the media too well, but we kind of love that about his uh, about his character. So I think we're gonna we're gonna miss him from the game. At, at the peak of his powers, guys, he was bloody fast. And I uh, I could do a little impersonation for you. Here's a little, uh, little promo for you. Do it. Hi, hi, this is Timmy. You're listening to M and the Dead and Legends. <laughs> Oh, I <laughs> it was a, a nice way of putting it as well, Rusty. You think you're being kind there? He's known as the Iceman, right? He's the Iceman, and he, and he well, at, the, at the peak of it, he was super fast, unreal. Well, nice to see him hanging up the boots in style uh, later on, but we appreciate your update as always, Rusty. Nice to talk. See ya. Rusty's Motorsport Update for Bendix. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. A uh, Saturday scoreboard, and we have to start with our Melbourne Storm. Congratulations to them. They have secured the minor premiership with a 28-16 win over Cronulla. The only concerns, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. a bit of an injury blow. They've revealed that Cam Munster and Josh Adokar are 
touch and go. They're in doubt for the first week of finals, but the Storm are flying. Speaking about Melbourne Premiership to lose in the AFL, Em, is it Melbourne Storm's Premiership to lose in the NRL? Well, so they had the loss last week, which is the loss they probably needed, right? You know, and then they've rebounded this week with a nice win over Cronulla, and it's great to see our man Ryan Pappenhausen scoring hat-tricks as well. So I feel that... Yeah, I feel that Melbourne are on top at the moment in terms of uh, premiership hopes, and I, I reckon I reckon it's theirs to lose yeah, in a way. Absolutely. Hey, the Paralympics have been great to watch. Australia sit eighth on the medal tally with 72 medals, 18 gold, 27 silver, 27 bronze. Swimmer Ali Cole has become Australia's most decorated female Paralympian with 17 medals. Well so congratulations to her. Uh, the Socceroos defeated China 3-zip in a World Cup qualifier, so that's good news for them. The US Open... Our girl, Ash Barty, she's through to the third round of the US Open. Uh, And the cricket, which I know a lot of people have been uh, really interested in, the England v. India Test Series. It's been a beauty. India were bowled out for 190. They had England on the ropes, but uh, England ended up making 290. Wokes came in and and made some runs. So they lead by 99. India, a zero for 43 at stumps on day two. Still trailing by 56. So that's been an interest for a lot of people. Late at night, sitting up, watching a bit of good Test Match cricket. It's Triple M's Dead Set Legends Weekend Quiz. Get a $700 trade-in on selected water heaters when you purchase a new Solar Heart hot water system. $200 up for grabs in our Solar Heart quiz right now. So give us a call, one triple three five three if you want to get involved. Uh, as you know, it's all about sport, this quiz. Um, you've got to give us a call and get involved uh, as per usual. It's a last man or woman standing, all about sport, but you do get one lifeline for one question only. If you can't answer Joey's first question, you get to use your smart switch. Basically a lifeline to get a different question, but still on the same topic. People calling through. Let's get going, Joey. Yeah, now the feedback has been they've been too easy, Em. So I apologise in advance. These are some tough, tough questions, but we're going to try and whip through a few. And, of course, you have your smart switch lifeline. So, Blakey, who we got first? First up, Andrew in Elfington. Hey, mate. G'day. All right, Andrew, let's get rolling, mate. Uh, Joel Selwood last night surpassed which previous Geelong superstar to become the all-time games record holder for the Cats? Uh, Enright. That's right. It was Corey Enright. Good start. All and right. he was there to cheer him off last night. That was, was a nice touch, to wasn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. It was. A question two. Formula One returns to which circuit after a 36-year absence? Ooh. Um, mm. No, the lifeline, thanks, mate. Yeah. That's a fair call to use the lifeline here. We were just talking about it previously with uh, Rusty, but who has announced their retirement from Formula One at the age of 41? Uh, Redeem? No, it wasn't bad. We were just talking about it with Greg Russ. Yeah, Rusty mentioned this man. He's been a wonderful driver. But we'll go back to the first question. Jaden in Dandenong. Hey, mate. G'day. How are you? All right, Jaden. You've got your lifeline. You might need to use it. But Formula One returns to which circuit after a 36-year absence? Uh, Is it uh, the Netherlands? Yes. Good man. Well done. done. So the last time they raced there, Senna was still driving. Yep. Oh, that's extraordinary. And, of course, Kimi Raikkonen is the man that has announced his retirement at age 41. All right, three questions to go. You've still got your lifeline. The JJ Giltonen is the shield awarded to who? Oh, I'm going lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Told you it was tricky today. Who scored a hat-trick for the Melbourne Storm last night? Paps, he's yeah. back. He's back, the Paps. Good oh, man. Oh, we love it, Jaden. How good. 
And the JJ Gilton and Shield is the uh, Shield for the minor premiers in the NRL. So that's why the Melbourne Storm won that one. All right, two questions to go, and you've used your lifeline, but I reckon you might be able to uh, get through these last two, mate. Former St Kilda player, teammate of mine, Aaron Sipos, has, he's going to be a punter and has signed for which NFL team? Uh, he just got named, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. He's going to make his debut. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, bad luck. <laughs> going Sorry to Andrew that, in Sunshine. Hey, mate. How you going? G'day, Andrew. A former St Kilda player and teammate of mine, Aaron Sipos, has just signed with which NFL club? Uh, can I go with Lifeline? Yep. You can. Which other AFL player has played for the Philadelphia Eagles? And he was a punter. Oh, nah. Tough question. Oh, NFL question. Over to Lilydale with John. Hey, mate. You happy with this, Jay-Z? Getting through some callers? Yeah. How are we going? All right, John from Lilydale. Uh, okay, back to the first question. Former St. Kilda player Aaron Sipos has signed with which NFL team? Philadelphia. Yes, he has indeed. Good man. And, of course, Sav Rocker was the man that played for the Philadelphia Eagles as a punter. Previously, question five, mate, last one. This is for the cash, and you've still got your lifeline up your sleeve. Craig McRae, the new coach of Collingwood. Which club was he an assistant coach at this season? Good question. Uh, I'd have to use lifeline. Ooh. Ooh. All right. As an assistant, hasn't he? He has, and this is it for the money, though. Uh, good choice using the lifeline. Which club did Craig McRae win three premierships playing for? Uh, Brisbane. He did Bad. indeed. Well done. Excellent job, John. Thank All right, you. John. Thanks. What are you going to do with $200 cash, mate? Oh, probably go out to the pub, maybe to a few <laughs> oh, restaurants. Oh, of course you will. Why don't go? <laughs> of course you will. Go oh. shopping, yeah, all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to the footy, enjoy the pub. Yeah, go and watch yeah. some local footy. Oh, there's plenty to do. That's it. That's oh, you're, it. All, you're a jokester, John, aren't you? You're a little bit of a jokester there with all this lockdown chat. No, you can enjoy it. Up. Hopefully, maybe save it up and take yourself out on the town when we can do that. Hey, mate? Uh, Sounds great. Well done, John. Hey, news on Giant star Zach Sproul, Jay-Z. So he played a big role for them last night, but there was a medical issue post-game that is interesting. Uh, Tell us what happened. Yeah, this is, is, um, I guess, what we worried about in these sort of um, COVID times and some of the protocols around injured injured players. And this is just sort of coming to hand as as things are happening at the moment, trying to make some uh, calls off-air then, um, Joey. So bear with me for a second. But Zach Sproul dislocated his shoulder in a fourth-term ruck contest. You saw that, that, okay? So as I understand it, and this is just information coming to hand right now, that he had to wait an hour for the ambulance after the game because of some of the uh, blue tape and bureaucracy around um, going outside the football bubble. So we know the Perth's COVID protocols are extremely tight at the moment. Um, So they had to get some sort of police clearance or extra clearance to be picked up with the ambulance. So there was an hour wait for Zach Sproul. Now, as I understand it, he wasn't allowed to be um, with anyone else from the Giants football staff. So, oh, I, um, this is already making me angry. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's a young player with a dislocated shoulder. He's having the painkillers, what do you call the green whistle or, yep. or, or whatever else. So um, the welfare officer or another medical staff uh, person can't go with him. So he's in the ambulance himself. He's waited an hour. Um, he's on He's on the whistle. He then gets to Perth Hospital, might have been Royal Perth, and then he then faces a two-hour wait for all, the, for all the scanning and imaging to be done and then didn't get back, as I understand it, to rejoin 
the club, something like 12.30 or certainly um, after midnight last night. Now, it's okay when it's a dislocated shoulder. What if it's something way worse? That's where my first thought went as well. So and that's what you're talking about. Let's 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 um, play hypothetical. If this is Dustin Martin with his um, kidney, 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 going back two months ago, or and someone breaks a leg. Yep, and there's this exactly, and or there's someone this, severely concussed and has a neck injury. You, you're picking oh up what I'm putting down here. So. Um, this is probably the first test, and 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 you know they've been really tight with their their, their protocols, etc. The WA government, but last night we got a test case for this, and uh, um, three hours uh, around the process to get scanned or to get to the um, hospital first of all in an ambulance on his own, which is not ideal. A young no, player still, yeah. and he's on the painkillers, which do send you into a, another universe for a little bit, um, and then you know he's got a he's got a long wait. Um, on his own. So I think this will develop over the next uh, few days. But, you know, information just to hand is it probably wasn't a perfect process. And and there are real worries around if this was a Dustin Kidney or an organ style issue, yeah. a genuine medical emergency, how is this going to work? Because if it, if it happens like it did last night, um, then, you know, it's it's probably not, not good enough. There has to be some, some more, you know, speed and, and rigor around that. So, Try and yeah. get comment from the, the GWS Giants, but around a young player, you know, a late injury, and then uh, a big weight. That was, um... it's, it's a great, great breaking story, Jay Z, because I mean, we understand there's a lot of, we hear there's a lot of logistics about the COVID bubble and going into state, but we, I don't suppose from the outside, we really understand exactly what the the players have to go yeah. through and the clubs have to go through, and you know, AFL have to tick off with governments for all this to be approved. So to get an insight to a specific example. Yep. just shows how logistically difficult this is and yep. how much of a nightmare it, it can be at times for the clubs and the players. And you're right, hopefully maybe they can come to a better um, a better way of doing it in the future. And hopefully, you know, it's not too bad for, for young Zach and he was okay. And if there is a situation again, you know, they've at least had the experience. But that's, um, yeah, that's a... And First thought was like up. you, Em. It was a bit like, oh, that's, that's really unfortunate for mm. a young player if he's in a it's, lot of pain. It's unfortunate for him, but also like, come on, guys. Like... Oh, just it's just starting to make me angry with situations yep. like this because our, both of our minds, Joey, went straight, and yours too, Jay Z, went straight to what if something worse had happened yep. and he had been, you know, physically impaired for life or yep. something like that because he didn't get the medical medical attention he yep. deserved as quickly as possible. I think behind uh, the scenes this will be a bit of a, a bigger discussion. Yeah. Um, oh, won't adjust. Hey, yeah, Shane Mumford, just quickly, Shane Mumford, uh, last game, re- retires. Yep. Yep. Uh, but I've, I'm amazed he's got to this point. Amazed. he was, And even this season at 34 years of age, at times he looked like he could hardly move. He's been wonderful for that Giants footy yeah. club. He's been yeah. wonderful for everyone that watches footy. I mean, it's all great. We love watching the Suriolis and Eddie Betts play, and we love watching the Paddy Dangerfield and Cripps. Sometimes you love seeing the big monster ruckman <laughs> who just intimidates and wants oh, to yeah. hurt. You've, you've got to have all – that's why we love AFL. You've got all these different shapes and sizes and players, and our mummy's had a wonderful career. I think he's been awesome. Hopefully he stays on at the Giants as an assistant coach, but – yeah, congratulations to him on a wonderful career. And also Leon Cameron, huge tick. That was 0-3, the Giants. Had yeah. a heap of injuries, went to the kids. And to make finals, I think, um, is huge a fantastic achievement. For someone, we were talking about the start of the year as being To under- win a final, even even more amazing. Exactly. Incredible stuff. Hey, after 11, another huge semifinal tonight between Brisbane and the Bulldogs. And Limo to call by. We'll speak with Collingwood's new senior coach as well, Craig McRae. Pie fans, stick around to hear what he has in store for you come 2022. It's all coming up right here on Triple M's Dead Set Legends. 
Joey, Jay-Z and Emma. I'm a clay man nearly every time I leave the house. Just Is a little right? spray. Yeah, I just Are you saying it. that Jay-Z smells yeah, every I, Saturday? Yeah, sometimes on a Saturday. Yeah. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Thanks for joining us. A big second hour coming up, including our big guests for the morning, new Collingwood coach Craig McRae after his appointment to the top role this week. A, a new era for Collingwood. But I would just like to pull the curtain back on this show for just a little moment. Yeah, and yeah, just, yeah. Just a little insight into what's going on here, and I guess a confession. Um, boys, I believe you are only coming in to do this show. Actually, two reasons. To escape your families, because we're in lockdown. But two, because you only want to get the breakfast burger from across the road each week. Now, tell me I'm wrong, because I'm 100 <laughs> Partially <right>. true. <laughs> Partially. That's the reason why I come into work. This breakfast burger, I can't wait for it. I'm that excited. What's in the burger? Oh, bacon, egg, avocado, some spinach, bit of everything. It's beautiful. And a brioche bun. Yeah, it's the chipotle sauce. <laughs> the chipotle that. sauce that Oof. just tops it off. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, goodness uh, gracious. Do you want to do a pick Anyways. one? I'd love to do a pick one. Um, all right, uh, Joey, we might talk about Carlton in more depth um, shortly in this second Ooh, hour. Yeah. But um, pick one, uh, coach uh, of Carlton or coach for Carlton in 2022. Who are you taking? Brad Scott or Michael Voss? Pick one for the Blues. I have to pick one of those two. You do. They're the options. Oh, could he throw because, up an alternative oh, offer? Remember, they wanted the best and most experienced. They're Luke Sayers' words, best and most experienced. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah, we're going to chat about that. Yeah, we're we going to do it. Yeah, sure. we, And we haven't even spoken about it yet, so I like it. Okay, our, good. Especially if our conversation goes a bit off-piste. <laughs> but, um, um, so they're, they're being talked about as the sort of number one and two candidate. Michael Voss and Brad Scott. I feel like I really have. I'm a bit underwhelming you with my, uh, with my um, options. Joey wants to throw in another name into the mix. That's why he's confused. But it is because it's hard. Because experienced coach means someone who's coached at AFL level. You would Correct. think, yes, unless they try and spin it and say in the end they meant experience in that they've been in the system for yep. 15 years. But oh, so here's a I'll, question for me. Talk about it then. Yeah. If it, if they're not going to go for Michael Voss or uh, Brad Scott, yep. are they then going to go for an untried coach, right? Adam Kingsley, mm-hmm. etc. Like Collingwood, after saying already that they're going to go for the best and most experienced. coach. Yes, so I think the, that's how it'll end up. So is the process then it's like crap? Is is this just the most broken thing of all time? Well, Are they just do they even know what they're doing? <laughs> well, it's become a shambles. We all agree with that. So, but mess. isn't that maybe? Did it now seem like Luke Sayers was saying one thing, and then maybe what the rest of the committee or whatever they've decided to do might be different? Because so I don't know. I think maybe not I think maybe in the end, maybe in the end, it will be a first time coach, and they will say when we meant experience, we meant. Someone who's been in the system for 15 years, like yeah. Craig McRae or, yeah. you know, Adam Kingsley's been in the system for, you know, over 15 years and a very good assistant. So maybe they'll end up putting a bit of spin on it because yeah. there aren't many coaches now, are there, available? Like my understanding was that Brad Scott's probably going to take the AFL oper- footy operations role. That's, Is that- that's my information. So then, stand. so then he's out and then it leaves Michael Voss, who they went for the job a couple of years ago, didn't he, before David Teague. Yep. So would he apply again if he's out? Well, he might have had a guts full Voss. Yeah. So then where do you go? Well, I experienced gave, coaches. This is what just happened, Emma. I gave Joey, I said, pick one of these two options. He said, I don't want either of them. I'm picking zero. I think we need a new, na- new name for nah. this segment. Pick zero. Well, I just <laughs> don't think either of them will be the coach. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Brad Scott. There you oh, go. there you go. Okay. You if it was one of those two. Yeah. If you're a Carlton fan, though, what are you thinking about all of this? Because you've been promised an experienced coach who can bring success to your club. And have the pressure of expecting to play finals next year. So that's the one I oh, feel for. If it's, a, if it's a first-year coach or a first-time coach, 
they've basically put on record, well, you have to get the team mm. into the finals next year. That's our expectation. Ah, look what Truck Rutten did this year. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, oh, there you go. That's not, not out of the realm. The very funny Limo, who's coming to the studio. There he is. Limo. Wonderful to be here, guys. Hey, Thank no one's got a camera. Has anyone got a camera out? No cameras. Oh, <laughs> no cameras. Uh, <laughs> yeah. okay. What are you talking about, Limo? I just don't want we have a room in this room. No cameras, no filming in this room. Oh, what, what happens in the studio? Today? Thank God. All right. Now, pass me the $1.50 Kmart plate. Can you believe, can you believe that was the focus of some of the criticism? Uh, I can't believe she's using a $1.50 Kmart plate. I'd say that's quite frugal. I mean, I want to go buy a set of 10 now. So. Would, Kmart, would Kmart be happy with that ad, Emma, or not? I can't, I can't figure it out. You're either thrilled or you're not so thrilled. Not about so, the yeah. use of the plate, I think, was... Yeah, probably. Mm, indeed. Things that disappointed them. Anyway, nice to know that influencers have a mad Monday as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed. didn't have the same spirit as the Shane Mumford, though, did it? Why couldn't we get a bit of that action? Oh, Where's the chant, people? Come on. Um, hey, uh, now, guys, we've got some exciting news. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, uh, next year I will be coaching Carlton. So that will be. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you fit for the job. I tell you what, oh, dear, dear. Tell you what, Emmett, the rate people are pulling out. I reckon oh. I could get the job. <laughs> I you could, mate. It's yours for taking. I'll do a Stephen Bradbury. In fact, I do have an exclusive. We're going to cross now to the Carlton boardroom. They're discussing the coaching job at the oh. moment. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to everyone. <laughs> you know, they should. Do, Joey, turn this into a reality TV show. What yes. do you reckon? That would be yeah. that would be very wouldn't entertaining. You wouldn't you love? Yes. So yes. you so you think you can coach? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Or maybe Luke Sayers handing out roses to potential suitors. Oh. I've done my level two coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. This is the second time you've said that. I reckon you are cheekily going. Oh. Hello. <laughs> There's something going on there. Anyway, good luck yeah. to everyone at Carlton. Make <laughs> the point. You got to, I've never felt sorry for Carlton fans, but I'm starting to. I'm genuinely starting to feel so sorry grim. for Carlton fans. Yes. Hey, uh, and uh, GW. Now, last night, can we, we, did the umpires have a dead set mare in the first half? They're shocking. GWS. Some of those soft free kicks oh to going the Giants, uh, the Geelong way. Yeah, a lot of free kicks to the Cats. I was watching thinking, Toby Green's got his three weeks. Don't continue to take it out <laughs> on the rest of the team. Yeah, I was fair. I was watching the footy last night and my wife, I was getting so angry. I was barracking for GWS. And uh, my, my wife. <laughs> that would make me angry too. Oh, and my wife's like, why are you getting so upset? Why? Yeah. Who cares? Like, it's yeah. Geelong. They're a good team. Why do you? Hawthorne aren't playing. And I said, you don't understand yeah. the depth of this. She goes, why <laughs> do you hate true. Geelong so much? Yeah. Mm. Is it because what? Because the, the Kenneth. I said, babe, it goes back. She said, where does it go back to? I said, did you know? I actually asked Graham Arthur one day, who mm. captained Hawthorne to their first ever premiership. I said, where does the Geelong-Hawthorne rivalry go back to as far as you're concerned? Yep. He said, I'll tell you exactly where it started. Yeah. They beat us in the 1963 grand final. And he said, Bob Davis went to a uh, taxidermy place in Melbourne, got a hawk and buried it in the middle of Cardinia Park. No. True story. Really? True story, right? <gasps> wow. And he said, when John Kennedy Sr. found that out, that was it, <laughs> as far as Geelong were concerned. Wow. And they also, and that generation of Hawthorne person also hated Geelong's song. 
Because the line in the song is, we're the greatest team of all. I mm. thought they were massively up themselves right. with that line. <laughs> so anyway, I explained all that to my wife and she didn't seem to care much. She <laughs> wandered off and got on with her day. Uh, now, guys, uh, I'm going to give you a, a couple of great quotes, actually. Paralympics, yep. fantastic stories Amazing. all Brilliant. over the place. What a great inspiration. Uh, the Paralympics, as I see, ScoMo cashed in this week. Didn't he? Didn't Did, he oh, God. When they, oh. Could you imagine when someone went to him and said, oh, the Paralympians aren't getting paid for medals? He just would have gone, oh. Oh, yes, this is my chance to look like a good bloke yeah. once. <laughs> yep. So he really relished announcing, yeah. as they said, they should be getting paid oh, as well, absolutely. by the way. I thought he said he, did, he didn't like to cross politics and oh, sport. Oh, yeah, that's remember? right. Yeah, but occasionally it's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he said that almost exactly 12 months after he forced at gunpoint the Australian <laughs> yes. cricketers to Kirribilli House <laughs> for the most awkward photo shoot in history. None of them wanted to sit down. Remember that? No. None of them wanted yeah, to sit next it. to him. Yeah, yeah. And eventually poor Tim Payne's taking a bullet as the captain. Oh, oh bloody sit oh, next to him. Because <laughs> they've all sort of got their, pulling their caps down over their faces. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, there was the women's 200 metres yep. uh, for the visually impaired. And when you're visually impaired, they, of course, have the runners with them, the guides. Uh, anyway, the race finishes. Uh, one of the guides calls all the other runners in with the guides. And the guide was dating the woman he was guiding. Right, right. Oh. He gets down on a knee, proposes oh. to her oh. after the race. So you can imagine all the other runners are in, but because they can't see what's happening, as it's oh, happening, no. the guides are explaining to the runners Amazing. what's happening with the proposal. This is how the commentators saw it. Called everyone over, got the competitors, and then this. Antonio, running partner, the athlete, to marry him. Magnificent. And what about the reaction from the other guides explaining to their visually impaired? This is the T11 category, so completely vision impaired. Explaining to them what's going on. Frederick Fuda, who is the guide from Cameroon, he's more excited than the race. There we go. Beautiful moment at the Paralympics. And I'm going to leave you with quote of the week. This is Lewis Hamilton from his car after having just gone to the loo at the F1s last weekend. I'm glad I went to the toilet. The one I went to, someone had dropped a crazy bomb in there. It was the worst thing ever. Oh. It's going to haunt me for life. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, That's thank you, guys. Thanks, Lee, Thanks, Lee Mike. Oh, oh, very good stuff, eh? Next, we're going to talk more footy right here. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey, Jay-Z and Emma. Can always come here for grocery price updates. That's our specialty here on Dead Set Legends. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Now... I must apologise because during this next break where we're going to talk about uh, tonight's first semi-final between uh, the Bulldogs and the Lions, um, don't adjust your radio dials if you hear weird noises because the boys have just received uh, their breakfast burgers, which they've been, I guess, aching over for the last... uh couple of hours and you finally got them so you can consume them but uh um, that's unprofessional yeah, I'll wait I'll wait till the ad break I'll yeah. wait till the All ad break right. but Jay Z if you can just whip through this segment yeah, quick yeah, yeah. please <laughs> mate um that'll Joey be good starts eating I was tending to get a lot of silence from the <laughs> 287 game two time all Australians just put that aside for a second can you Joey now tonight's fascinating isn't it Bulldogs uh, yep. versus Brisbane because both teams of their stocks have been really high throughout the season but then they've also um you know fallen off a little bit and and I think there's still genuine question marks over both these these two teams. I mean, the Bulldogs in particular have been really poor, and then they bounced back a little bit to form against um, Essen last week. But in a nutshell, how do you see this this one going, Joey? It's a, it's a tough one. For me, it's a 50-50 game. And you're right. I think the big story out of this will be for the loser and the fallout, because if Why the Western that? Bulldogs lose, mm. I mean, round 20, they're on top of the ladder. Mm. They had the world at their feet. They're in the box seat. I know they'd lost Josh Bruce 
and had some issues with their forward line. But we'd spoken about this midfield all year, and they could be out before they even make a prelim, and they'll be squandering you know, that the missed double chance. Yep. If the Brisbane Lions lose, it's the third year in a row that they've finished top four and not got through to a grand final. There'll be starting to be some conversations about Brisbane. So I think it's a huge game for both sides. Um, I think in hindsight will be the way that we'll know. We'll either look back in hindsight if the Dogs win and say, you know what, they've been better than Brisbane all year. You know, they were top of the ladder. They'd had a little form slump. They've bounced back. They are the better team. Or if Brisbane win, we can say, well, no, at home, top four, bounce back factor always plays a role in finals. You know, we expect Brisbane to win. So I think it's going to be a cracking game. I'm leaning towards the Brisbane Lions purely on the fact that really? I think the form line against Melbourne, yes, they got beaten by Melbourne, but that's a much, much stronger form line than the Western Bulldogs beating, let's be honest, Essendon, it was a great effort to make the finals, but there was always going to be one team that was going to limp into eighth spot. Yep. We joked about it all the way through. So, yes, the Dogs won, but is that form line strong enough? I think the home ground advantage, I think the big key for Brisbane are their small uh, midfielders and half forwards. That Zorko, Zach Bailey, Lincoln McCarthy, Charlie Cameron, McCluggage. If those guys can win enough ground ball in their front half, um, give themselves opportunities. It's not about the tools for Brisbane. They just got to compete. It's going to be isn't up to it, the Isn't it that the, the vulnerability is the bulldog? And it's got a message where those breakfast burgers from nine yards in South Melbourne. Yes. So the people They're are only available Charlie. on a Saturday morning. Yes. Though, like yeah. We just got to put that out there. But, their special but, time offer. But isn't it because you know the bulldogs are seen? I know Keith's been better or been very good to be honest. But aren't the bulldogs vulnerable in the air defensively? You're saying that there's a ground ball issue for the dogs in the back half. Is no, that no I'm saying that that's a strength for Brisbane Lions. That's the Brisbane yep. Lions' greatest strength. Okay. Is their small electric forwards? That's yep. where they get a lot of their goals from. You think about yeah. them at their best with their smalls. Because yeah. no McStay and no McKipwood. Exactly. Kipwood, so right? so the, the tools aren't necessarily going to win it for Brisbane tonight. They just need to compete, bring mm-hmm. the ball to ground, and give their smalls a chance. For the Western Bulldogs, it's the same, I think, as it's always been. If they dominate in the midfield... Are they going to dominate? They should dominate. Should they dominate this game in the midfield? Uh, or am I underrating sort of locking Yeah, I think we're underrating Brisbane McCluggage. Lions. Yeah. Lions, you know, Lions, Zorko, McCluggage, Lockie Neal is a yeah. pretty good... Yeah. And they're going to have they're going to get the first advantage of the hitouts with Oscar McInerney. Yeah. Remember that as well. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think they will dominate. That's their best chance. The Dogs and they might, but yeah. I think if Brisbane can break even with the with Western Bulldogs in the midfield, yeah. I think their smalls in the front half might cause too much trouble for the Western Bulldogs, and they'll kick a big score. And so a little bit of doubt too over Caleb Daniel. Um, we know all Australian halfback and best Ferris winner. I'm certain. Yep. Um, so he's got a left leg issue. He's uh, been on light duties all week. He's be a fitness test and a concern for tonight's game. So he's an important player in that back half uh, transition. Do you think that does do the Western Bulldogs need another ruckman? So Steph Martin missed this whole year. You, just look forward to the trade period. Do they are they going to back in Tim English in the ruck, or are they is their cool. jury out on Tim English? Mm. Oh well, clearly the coach. That's clearly the, big... the coach doesn't have confidence in Tim English. Yeah. That's that's been for a couple of seasons now yeah. as a ruckman. Uh, they've got Jordan Sweet, who I think looks like he's a pretty good young ruck. So he's um, played t- Tim English as a forward. Uh, the, the, I think Tim English still has to play key forward ruck, and what the balance looks like, you know, yeah. might be a fifty-fifty split. So they need to find another ruckman, whether it's Stefan Martin for one more year or whether it's Jordan Sweet or Lewis Young that plays the 50-50 ruck. They, they obviously are going to look at it. I think Luke Beveridge feels like he's frustrated by his rucks are probably not allowing his midfield to be as good as they maybe can be. So that'll be a, much, a must-watch after this final series, but uh, it's going to be a cracking game tonight. I think it's, it is a 50-50, but I'm going to go 51% in favour of Brisbane. <laughs> well, that semi-final live tonight across uh, the dials of Triple M. 
The Dead Set Legends, Triple F. Boys have finished their uh, breakfast burgers, so we are now able to proceed with our big guest of the morning. <laughs> After the departure of Nathan Buckley earlier in the season, Collingwood have appointed their new coach, a three-time premiership player at Brisbane, followed by 14 years as an assistant and development coach most recently at Hawthorne. Craig McRae is their new man, and he joins us on the show now. Congratulations on the appointment, Craig. How has it felt this week to be named as senior coach? Yeah, good morning, Emma. It's uh, it's been a bit of a blur. I, I must admit, it's been a big week. Um, you know, I've, I've sort of separated myself from one job into another without uh, without even knowing it. I was busy in the exit interviews with uh, with Hawthorne. Next minute, I'm I'm the Collingwood coach. So it's been a, it's been a bit of been a big week. Oh, I was absolutely wrapped for you, Craig, because Joey, we know that the coaches and assistant coaches sometimes get a bit grumpy around the coaches, especially when journos are around. So, oh, general, generally speaking, they're a bit office um, most of the time. Craig, always give Craig very, a couple of years. Yeah, Craig, very friendly. I remember six oh, years ago, nice. gave me a great interview on Mason Cox, was very uh, kind and, and generous with his time. So I was pushing for you hard, uh, Craig, and we're, abs- we're absolutely thrilled for you. But I, I really feel like the big question is for you, um, yeah, you sort of your profile has been pretty low in football circles over the journey. You've been an outstanding servant. I just wonder whether you've been noticed around town a little bit more since the <laughs> announcement this week. Like, have you been stopped in the street a bit more, you know, publicly since the announcement? No, you're a good man, Jay. I um, no, I haven't. I've, I went to Coles this morning, hoping someone would. But, uh, <laughs> my partner says I'll go down and get some food, and oh, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll go down, <laughs> and not, not not one. So <laughs> work, on. work to do. <laughs> I got some work to do. Hey, Craig, can you t- take us back to a little bit through the interview process? Because we know obviously Carlton are going to go through one, and we hear a lot about interview processes. What does it actually look like for a candidate? Like, how many times would you meet? What do you have to present? What does it look like? Like an interview process when you're going for a, a coaching position. Yeah, it's a good question, Lee. And um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's extensive. It went for about eight weeks in all, and oh. probably had to present uh, about four or five times in the end. And um, you know, the first the first one was a coffee chat, and then it went into a bigger interview. That went for about three hours. That was the big, the big one. And then you, know, you get through that, you get an opportunity to go again. Um, yeah, you, t- you talk about site profiling, and um, I actually kept, have to catch up with Roddy because there was a real, real, little bit of a weird moment when one of the big interviews finished, and I said, "Oh, the second one," and said, "Oh, we might have a just have a, a quiet beer." And I thought, "Oh, they're going to offer me the job here." You know, I started to get a bit nervous, and then we said, "Cheers," and then there was this awkward silence. I said, "Oh God, I think this is part of the interview." So, uh, <laughs> See how you drink a lager, mate. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it, yeah, it was extensive and and, and you know, it was a thorough process, and I'm I'm, I'm so wrapped to be part of uh, part of the Collingwood Footy Club. Oh, and I'm excited about this appointment. I think with a young list, Joey coming through, Craig's um, record, with, you know, in development, etc., and his relationships, I think it's the absolute perfect uh, marriage. So, uh, congratulations. But how are you going to fix the scoring issues? Because you talk to Collingwood um, fans, Craig, and I feel like that's the thing. Um, that sort of, not worries them, but it sort of concerns them the most. We know Collingwood has been such a good defensive side uh, for a long time. You're going to get the talent, or if you haven't got it already, that's going to build. But systematically, how are you going to get this team to score? I imagine you've already put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, I have. Um, but also say that you know, I'm, I'm deliberately watching the games that are still going to get some trends and seeing finals are going to stack up. But um, you know, I've said publicly before that you know, the most disposals in the competition for the least amount of inside 50s mm. is not a, not a formula we want to do. And, you know, there's a lot of um, um, little things you need to get right within that. But, yeah, I did experience that at Hawthorne this year too. We were really high possession and for little inside 50. Reality is you've got to get the ball inside 50 to score. So we're going to try to um, start with that and see how we go.
We're chatting to new Collingwood coach Craig McRae this morning. Craig, let's talk about the list. What's your read of it? What's your thoughts going forward? Uh, do you feel like there's going to be a, a period of rebuild or are you happy to work with the stock, so to speak, that you've got on the books right now? Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've met with a playing group only the other day, Emma, and I, I said to them, I want to get the soil right before we start planting seeds. And the reality is I just want to get to know all of them individually between now and when we start. So there's a bit of bit of manoeuvring to do and understanding of the strengths of, and weaknesses of all. But, um, you know, there's, there's been a shift. There's been an you know, influx of uh, young talent in the last 12 months, and there'll be some more, um, which causes stress on the on the footy club and teams. You know, you need... Yeah, you know, I think there's a strong balance of, of really cool, good players, but there's going to be a lot of youth as well. So we've got to get that balance right. And, and that's going to you know, cause some angst at times and there's going to be some patience needed, but um, that's really part of the struggle, which which ultimately makes it highly rewarding. Well, what you do have is the best young player in the country in young uh, Nick Dacos who coming in, which is not a bad little start for your coaching oh, career. So you'd, good, be, isn't you'd be happy with that, so Craig. But can I ask you about that, that first meeting with the players? Because in the, a press conference and I was in it, you sort of touched on... Um, and accountability, and I, yeah. I can, can you? I was, and I was interested in that. We didn't get time, but can you just uh, unpack that for me? What did you, what did you mean by that? What did, what did you talk about with the players in regards to accountability? Are you talking about you know pre you know, post season beers? Are you talking about on field next year, or what? What does that mean? Well, I just I think it's important we we started a process of removing any barriers so we can we can start to grow. I said to the group, we're going to get into it really quick. There's going to be some change. Um, necessary and, and, and we'll get involved in that quickly. But I want to guide the guys to come back ready for that and embrace that. So some some need maybe 12, 14 weeks to remove some of these things that they may be carrying on about but or hanging on to. Um, just a little example like um, with, with opportunity and possibility, which is the words I use, there's going to be um, a, a chance to change something. You know, whether you're allowing it uh, quiet in the meeting before, you have a chance to be loud now. And, mm. But we, we shared it around and there were some significant things the players committed to and, and I got them to pair up and then uh, I said, well, we've heard it out loud now. We, we honour our word. You say something, we're going to hold you to account to it. Oh. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll address that when we get back. So that, that's just the environment we want to create. And can you give me can you give us an example of one? Like what? Is like a fitness, like I'm going to come back and I'm going to run a time or a skin fold? Or can, can you give us a... Well, well, there was a handful of guys I asked the question who met their targets last year. And when they came back and they'll pair it up and I said, well, now we've got a responsibility to help each other. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you didn't do it last year. Well, there's a pot, there's, you're committing to saying that you're going to do it now and then we'll, um, we'll see how that goes. But then that becomes a collective thing too, doesn't it? Like if we see a guy that says, oh, look, I, you know, I want to improve my, my fitness. Well, all of a sudden everybody in the room can see they can help him out if they want to start training. I said, I might give him a call. You know, I'll, I'll help him out. So that, that's the environment we want to create. And, mm. you know, the side by side is, is in our song. We want to make it part of our behaviors. Joey, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. Don't know about you. <laughs> yes. Hey, uh, Craig, just we speak a lot about um, first-time coaches generally have, have a mentor, and we've heard the list of the coaches that you've worked under, going back to you know Lee Matthews when you were a player, and then mm. Clarkson, Hardwick, Malthouse. Have you got yourself a mentor, and how have you chosen between the list of all the, the great coaches you've worked under? And even going to be yeah. offended if you've chosen someone else? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm very lucky. I've yeah, very fortunate to be through my um, journey to, to work with all those names. and But I've just learned a little bit of all of them and I presented that to the subcommittee. There's just something little I've learned along the way from Choco Williams giving me as a young kid an opportunity back in Glenelg. And you know, now I, I see opportunity in young kids. I say, mate, I'm going to give you a chance here. You're going to make the most of it. So all those little lessons I've learned along the way um, are going to stand me in good stead. But ultimately... Um, you know, I'm going to be my own version of who I, I want to be. But there's many to, to draw upon. You know, Lee's, Lee's available and um, Clarko's an amazing 
um, support this year, and I'm looking to draw upon his experiences as well. So there's, there's many. I'm, I'm very fortunate. Emma, I, we've run out of time, but I oh, no. could listen. I could do this for another 20 minutes, and I could I could listen to him all day. Now that is a, a good sign, a good start from you, Coach. Absolutely, if- Craig. You sound like you're full of energy and positivity and sense as well. So much sense going into uh, season 2022. We wish you the best of luck with your preseason and put those pies to work. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate your support and. Um, yeah, give us a call anytime. Enjoy your work. Oh, very kind. Now, if you're shopping at Coles and you see Craig, can you grab him at least? Get an autograph or something. Give him yeah. some love, the great man. <laughs> Congratulations on the week, Craig. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And that's nice. He said we can call him anytime. He did say that, didn't he? We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. That's a conversation for off air, Joey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, goodness. Hey, um, we're going to do our Dead Set Legend of the Week uh, very shortly and give me a spell as well. But um, Before that, we need your race tips. The, tip did time. we have success last week, guys? You yes, we did. on fire again, Emma. Two from two so far as we head into the spring. You've been steering us in the right direction. So we need a little bit more mail from you today, mm. please, because... As Jay-Z knows, our phones light up wanting Emma's tips. Every week. What a Emma's tip. What does she like at Moe on Tuesday? Like, I just, <laughs> no, you know. she just sticks to the, the, the big race meets. I'm only sticking to Metro tracks for the next couple of weeks, but we're starting with the you know the real big gun races right now. Let's start at Mooney Valley. Uh, race three, uh, generation at $3.40, so that's mm-hmm. an easy kill early on. Yep. But then race eight uh, at Mooney Valley as well, a horse that you hadn't known much about, Joey, no. called Elephant. I haven't but, uh, heard his... much of Elephant. He's going absolutely great guns at the moment. So he's at about $5. Expect that price to probably uh, come in a little bit further. And then at Randwick today, and this is Lee's best of the day, actually. Got to credit that. The big guy likes our Cascadian in race number eight. So uh, he's at about $3.20 at the moment as well. So all of those... Multied up together would be a, a nice, nice little, little thing one. to do on us. Or multi up the place bet as well. That's a smarter way to go. Which is what I go. like to do at the moment. Gamble and then just throw res- something a little bit rough in there as well to bump up the odds. Yeah, but yeah, gamble, gamble response. Hey, Jay-Z, something yes. caught your attention uh, with big Charles Barkley talking about one of our boys. Yes. Well, can we do this segment now, Blakey? It's Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. So uh, Ben Simmons, we all know, the Australian basketball playing for Philadelphia 76ers, has asked for a trade. Now, this is a give me a spell on behalf of Charles Barkley because it's fair to say Big Chaz is not happy with our man Ben Simmons. I think they're mad because he's afraid. I use this analogy. When you watch the Milwaukee Bucks play, and that boy Giannis ain't no better free throw shooter than Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. but he ain't scared. Yep. He going, man. And I, you got to admire that. He don't care if he miss 100 of them. He ain't going to run from the ball. He doesn't care if he misses a three. No, yeah, yeah. He yeah, looks horrible shooting. It's a horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but let me tell you something. That dude plays so hard. You got to admire him. And the thing about Ben, and I can say, I don't know this, but I'm just telling you from being in Philly for 36 years, I think Philly is mad because this dude, is, he's scared. Ben Simmons is scared, in wow. particular at the free throw line. He was comparing him to Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, the absolute superstar at the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, they are fighting words, and it's fair to say those 
uh, words have sent shock, shock white trembles around uh, the basketballing uh, fraternity. So next club that wants him, get him with a bit of caution, you think? Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. It doesn't help his trade value. No. Hey, my give me a spell. We've had those brioche breakfast buns. They were unbelievable. But a little give me a spell to our little mate here, James Blake. Yeah. He used a knife and fork to eat no, his. He, didn't. he used no. a knife and yeah. fork. You're kidding. You're he's got disgrace. the knife and fork there eating a brioche bun. Mm. There are a lot of buttons on this side. I don't want to get it dirty. I don't want to, you know. James, no, you don't need a, you don't need a breakfast burger, bacon and egg burger with a yeah. knife and fork, mate. Give me a spell. I do me yeah. the way I do me. Yeah. And, 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 and Blakey, how old are you? 25. And you're still living with who? Mum and Dad. <laughs> I'm not even going to add to that other than I'm giving myself a spell because I didn't get one of these breakfast burgers, which is just yeah. giving me anxiety. Hey, let's mm. do this. Uh, go for it. Oh, running out of time. time. <laughs> hey, just quickly, the NFL. If you yes. don't follow the NFL, you don't have a team. You have yep. to follow the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Aaron Sipos, a former teammate of, teammate of mine at St Kilda, Sip. is a punter for the Eagles. He'll debut this weekend, as will Jordan Mylata, a big fella from the Rabbitohs. Two Australians on the Philadelphia Eagles roster. They're our dead set legends. We love following the boys overseas. Good luck to them. How big's Mylata? 168 kgs. You wow. wouldn't want to tackle that, would boy, you? Hey, coming up next, the Saturday rub with all the boys. Right here on 105.1 Triple M. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another day. So, in the words of Corey Homicide Williams, you have a great day. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another day. And it was a great week, wasn't it, Joey? I liked it. I did like my own work this morning. That was good. (laughs) Get even more Joey, Jay-Z and Emma by downloading the Listener app.